0: This is Thriving, Not Surviving, where I bring you stories of success and failure from entrepreneurs and executives to help you along your journey. I'm your host and owner of NCMS, Nick Cantu. Episode of Thriving, Not Surviving, I'm your host and founder of NCMS, Nick Cantu. We're here today with a special guest, Troy LaPeter, aka the Millennial Mortgage Lender. Uh, Troy, welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, brother.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. We're happy to do it. Um, Troy and I have known each other for actually quite a while. Um, We went to high school together and had a couple classes together, and then we've seen each other kind of grow up. Um, So this is going to be a super fun conversation for the next half hour or so uh, that you're going to get to see into our lives a little bit. Um, So Troy, you got started in the mortgage industry um, recently here. Kind of tell us about how you made that push into that. So I've been
1: in the mortgage industry for about three years now Um, both my parents I grew up with um, have been in real estate my dad's been in real estate for about 40 plus years my mom for almost 20 Um, so that kind of industry has just been what I grew up around and just three years ago I was looking for a switch of careers there was an opening at this loan office I didn't really know that's what I wanted to do at the time and then i just fell in love with it and i've been going strong with it ever since
0: that's cool man yeah a lot, a lot of influence from uh from your parents they've obviously been supportive of all yeah, what you've absolutely. tried to do which is yeah, cool yeah, a lot of people a lot of people struggle with that i think um so i want to really dive into the hard questions here um i, I think in the news when you know, we always hear from the older generations, the uh, people that are, you know, our parents' age, that, you know, oh, you millennials, you know, you suck, or, you know, you don't do this, or we did this, and put all this hard work in. What I do hear a lot from them is that we aren't buying homes, and, and I don't argue that. Um, you know, how do you think that it is affecting the industry, you know, this nomad style of wanting to pick up every two years and kind of start over? Do you see that affecting the mortgage industry a lot?
1: Yeah, I think where we see a lot of discrepancy is – you hear a lot of how just like the the income hasn't kept up with inflation over the past 40 years, you know, and, and our parents bought houses for $70,000 and now they're worth $700,000, you know, and nowadays to buy that same house, we can't afford it like on the jobs our parents did. So you do see a lot of – I think people are starting to buy houses a lot later in life, but – Regardless, I think there's still a good demographic. like I actually just closed a loan last week for uh, friends from high school and uh, they're 25 and 26 and just bought a house. So it's not that nobody's buying houses younger. I think that that age is just getting pushed back a little bit. You know? Cool. And
0: yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, are you personally or as a company at Prime, are you guys trying to combat that with any type of strategy or are you kind of just embracing it as it comes?
1: Uh, I am personally, I think the, the company itself, we, they do a lot of marketing and they are definitely like the millennial market, the first time home buyer market, as we would call it, um, definitely is something we go after. I'm personally trying to do it. I think harder than the company is in the sense that, you know, I know that everyone our age that went we grew up with, went to high school with, like if I can get in front of the curve of everyone wanting to buy a house when they're ready, they're going to think of me like, Hey, Troy's been doing this for five plus years. I know that now I'm ready. I'm going to call him. You know, so I'm trying to heavily market myself and teach, you know, millennials that there are ways to get houses. And honestly, part of that is because, yeah, I, I feel, yeah. there's a, there's a big myth that like, the common myth is you need 20% down, but I'm actually personally licensed to do some down payment assistance. So people who don't have money saved up for a down payment can actually get a house. So, I mean, it's, there's, if you've got a good job and you're making good income, there's no reason not to buy a house nowadays.
0: Other than yeah,
1: th- maybe that nomadic lifestyle. Um, and that
0: was, that was kind of my next. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I feel you, man. Um, well, that was the next thing that I was kind of going to want to talk about is. is. content. I started a couple months ago, I noticed it. And, and then you've just enhanced it from just it being just a basic video of you talking uh into something even greater where you're now editing the content and you're adding graphics to it and, and you're growing it um are you seeing that affect your brand in a positive way oh, so oh
1: absolutely far? you know it, it's funny uh it, it, people are coming up to me all the time now where i see them wherever it may be even if it's at the bar you know sometimes people are like oh man i love your videos and, you know i'm learning so much i have people my you know i know that own houses and they're like man i actually really enjoy your videos i'm learning about stuff that i should already know about as a homeowner but I'm kind of, I kind of (laughs) almost forgot, you know, sometimes people get rushed into buying a house and they kind of skip over things. It's been many years and they're kind of like need a little bit of a refresher. So uh, it's really hitting a lot of people, whether it's people who haven't bought a home or people who currently own a home, you know, I I love it. So
0: so you didn't have any like reservations or anything about doing that, were you nervous about doing it? Because for me, like trying to put more content out involves being in front of the camera. And I've just never really loved it. I've always preferred to be behind the camera, in all honesty. And for me, doing it is something that is very challenging. Even today, like, I have to remind myself that this is worth doing. This is something that we need to be doing as a company and as an individual to grow your brand. You, did you have any type of barriers
1: like that you had to break down? 100%, dude. I think everyone has those barriers when they first start. I mean, I still feel that kind of same feeling. But honestly, a, a big uh, influence for me was, was Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, Gary V. He's big on his yeah. media presence and, and what he talks about is just like, man, like if you're not creating a personal brand, I listened to one of his books on tape and he just talked about like, you got to develop your personal brand, you know, and, and I work at Prime Lending and it's a great company, but I may not work at Prime Lending in five years. I may work at another mortgage lender, you know, who's got better options or I may have clients that have specific needs that Prime can't service and I might go somewhere else. So if I can build up a personal brand, people will follow me no matter where I work. They just know that, hey, I'm the mortgage lender. You know, they don't even care what company I work for. It's just like i'm gonna get it done i can do it alone you know and so uh getting a lot of inspiration from that realizing like you know I, I had the idea for millennial mortgage lender for about a year and that that kind of fear was it stopped me from doing it for so long i was just kept pushing it back and pushing it back and it wasn't until i finished one of gary's books and i was like i gotta start this right now like i gotta keep doing it now because it's gonna keep evolving over time
0: yeah right and then like it, it
1: unfortunately starting it when you started it
0: we're still behind the curves I think we kind of started doing the video stuff right around the same time um at my company and when you started doing your stuff that kind of kicked me in the ass to get going <laughs> um right. when I so you I was like oh shit like TJ's doing this stuff like I gotta get I gotta start doing this stuff too because we're already behind the curve so now we're kind of playing catch up a little bit and it's not that bad but it could be way worse um but that, that's kind of the next thing, too. So Brittany, who is your girlfriend, she's a real estate agent, and she kind of is taking that same dip into social media where she's doing all of her virtual tours on social media, walking people through properties that she's going to be hosting open houses at. How else are you guys working together as a team, you know, as a power couple? I mean, becoming one. Um, how are you working together to kind of brand that industry so that you can own that market.
1: That's a great question. And actually uh, I'll kind of hint back on the last question for a sec about how getting started with videos. Brittany has been so heavily in those videos that also inspired me to keep like, Hey, if my girlfriend's doing this, like, I got to do it too. You know? um, but yeah, to answer, sure. to answer your, your question about, you know, teaming up as a, as a power couple. So ideally like, you know, anytime someone wants to buy a house, they're going to call Brittany and then Brittany says, great, you know, we can get you a house. We're going to get you pre-qualified as a lender. And it works out. We've already got a couple deals in the works with each other where, it's friends from college and so and and whatnot. That it's so nice that they're like, you know, not only can they trust Brittany to help find them the right house, but now they don't have to worry about the finance side of it because they know me. A lot of people know me that are Britney's friends. A lot of people know Britney through my friends, and it's just great that like, for, buying a house can be one of the biggest investments for someone and for most people. And so b- being able to take like the uh, anxiety off the table for them because they know us is what ultimately will define like has our power couple grows, you know, like that's what we'll do as a team. And it's, it's awesome. I'm really looking forward to the next five years working together.
0: Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's what I found super cool. Cause I, I mean, we've all known each other for uh, several years now and, and I've always thought that that was super cool. I was waiting to see from, you know, where we went to school growing up who would it end up being? And it ended up being you guys that just like become that little power couple <laughs> and watching it develop is, is really cool. We're um, just getting started, so, man. We're just getting started. Just I, I bet, man. That Yeah, we're, like I said, we're excited for the journey for you Absolutely. guys. Um, so y- your real thing that you've always been really into is is music and, and to get even more specific, DJ. Um, and I think you did an event recently in Europe where you did like almost like a turnaround trip to Europe to do a set somewhere and then like came back home and went to work. That following Monday, like, um, are are you still set on being a DJ? Like, because this is hard for a lot of people to find that balance between like two was maybe something they're really good at, like doing mortgages, and something they really love, like DJing. Do you find it hard to find that balance?
1: I definitely do find the balance hard, and and yeah, it is something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, for me, it's it's a mindset shift. You know, like there's uh I, I work on music with a partner and he'll come over some night on the weeknights, you know, five or six sometimes and I just have to learn how to shift gears. But I, it's still a work in progress. You know, it's it's something I'm gonna I'm passionate about now. I always have been passionate and I'll continue to be very passionate. You know, I went and uh like you said, I, I dj in Europe uh back in March and you know, I took off I took on a plane from LAX on a Wednesday and I got back just at the end of the next weekend and so what kept me being able to go through that kind of and do the loans is having a good team in place. So I've got uh, like a team around me. I've got a processor, and I've got you know someone an assistant, people who work for me. So like as I'm getting on the plane to fly to Europe, I'm like calling my assistant, I'm like okay, call this person, do this, this, boom, 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 boom. You know, it's it's a good balance. And as I as I build a bigger book of business, I'll hire more people, and it'll eventually be like maybe I can go two or two or three weekends out of the month, and it doesn't affect my loan business. You know. That's, yeah, definitely. that's the end game for sure is to have a perfect work-life balance where like I'm working hard during the week, do my 40, 50 hours a week as a loan officer and then have a team in place to be able to go and travel and do all these places. You know, right now it's a little rough because I'm not at that point with the business yet, but that's the end game for sure.
0: Cool, man. Yeah, I was going to say that for me has always been something that I've kind of wanted to pick people's brains about. I always ask because it's, it's a challenge, man. Like just just focusing on business – Full time is a challenge, right? And then it's like, oh, well, I have this other passion that I'm really, really good at too. Because I mean, you're you're a kickass DJ. Like I've heard, I've heard your stuff before. Like you are awesome, and I've been I've heard, been hearing it since we were in high school. Yeah, thanks, so, man. Yeah, I do you have know, first in high school, exactly. Yeah, and and I've always been curious how you dealt with that. Um, but no, in the in the mortgage industry too, I think that people overlook. Like they think like, oh, he does mortgages. It's pretty straightforward. Getting your foot established in that industry isn't really that easy. Like there's a lot of kind of like shit you have to go through and a lot of shit you have to eat yeah. to kind of get to where you're at. And I think people overlook that. Um, wh- what did you kind of go through to get established there?
1: Well, typically uh, not a lot of loan officers get hired without a book of business. Typically you'd start at a uh, something like a Wells Fargo where the phone is going off all day long. Cause people who bank with Wells Fargo want to buy a house um, at prime lending. The phone doesn't go off as much. So, <clears throat> What I went through in the beginning was I wasn't starting out in sales 100% in the beginning. I was actually uh, like a assistant loan officer slash team loan officer for eight different loan officers in my office when I originally started. So they were eight top producing loan officers, you know, funding five, six loans a month, you know, doing two to three million in volume a month each month consistently. And I worked for eight of them and just I worked on all their files. Like that's what I had to go through it was like, no understanding of how it all worked, having to be thrown into the fire doing like forty files a month on my pipeline. Like a good loan officer maybe does like three, four, or five loans a month. I was working on forty because I worked for eight people. So that's crazy. Yeah, it was it was intense. You know, there's a lot of like the 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 to answer your question about what you go through, I mean, if something goes wrong in a deal at the last minute, like imagine you're buying your house, you put a lot of money into this all of a sudden you know at the last minute something goes wrong with the loan and it and it has to fall out and the loan dies like you're not buying this house anymore you could lose some money like what if you had movers scheduled what if you had you were flying from out of state and you had a new job like all these things happen with people's real lives and there's been times where we've had loans where stuff like that happened and like that's that's the hardest thing to go through especially when you're starting out you know
0: yeah, I feel you, man. That's that's crazy. I didn't I didn't know that you had gone through that. I, I don't know if that's a normal thing in that industry, but that seems insane. Like, oh, yeah. that's that's crazy. I mean, you have to earn your stripes, I guess, in in a sense, and
1: yeah, you put your
0: time in. Obviously, there's
1: no better way to learn than get thrown in and try to juggle it all. You know, um, yeah. But I, I think, like you said, trial by fire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then and then once I switched over to full sales, that was a whole new journey as well because now I'm no longer working for these loan officers. Uh, I'm like the business wasn't coming in anymore because I don't work for these people. I had to go out and find my own business. Like that was a whole nother chapter in the business side of my life. You know, it's like, now I got to go out and find business.
0: Yeah. Jesus. I would imagine that that's gotta be terrifying too, where that, that your livelihood depends on that, um, finding business and and writing loans. Like if you, if you don't, you don't pay your bills, like you don't eat, like that's crazy. Like (laughs) that's, that's terrifying. Um, So what, what's, what are some of the failures that you went through? kind of through that process. Cause obviously like you, you, you made it through the working for eight people. That's a success in your career. That's a staple in your career to make it to the next level and become full sales. But really, in my opinion, we learn best from failure when we yeah. fail and we get back up. That's where we learn best. And, and I'm curious, where did you fail and, and how did you pick yourself up?
1: You know, honestly, it's, it's almost like you fail every time and you learn something new every time. You know what I mean? Like, something always goes wrong. And like I, my mom, you know, being in real estate for almost 20 years, my dad almost 40 to this day, they've always told me on every single deal they do 20, 40 years later, they still learn something new on every deal, you know? And so, you know, mistakes happen. Like people are human. And for me, it's not necessarily like, Oh my gosh, this one big failure, but it's just always learning something new. You know, it's like, how could I have done better on this transaction? How could I have done better with my communication how could I have done better with my organizational skills? Like, it's just always constantly improving, you know?
0: But yeah, it's no, like you it. said, like,
1: it's just growth through failure. You know, you got to you gotta get out and get in the trenches and get your roll up your sleeves and get a little dirty and realize, like, how it goes before you can learn something, you know?
0: Yeah. No, you, you hit it right on the head, man. I was going to say, <laughs> you got to get your hands dirty sometimes to kind of learn anything in the world or how, just how real life is. It. And it sucks. A lot of people are scared to do it. But I think when you do it, you can see – you know, the end result in in yourself, you you can get to be, you know, successful in your career and in your own personal life. Um, You keep mentioning your mom and dad a lot. Would you say that they're your biggest influence in all of this? Or do you have somebody who's been mentoring you
1: in this? Yeah, well, both actually to answer those questions. Yeah, my parents have been a big influence in my life uh, for music and for work. I mean, I work with my parents now as as a loan officer. You know, when my parents have clients that want to buy a house, they send them to me now. You know, so even though I don't work as a real estate agent for my parents, I still work with my parents alongside on transactions, you know, so that's really cool. So, I mean, I, I grew up in this industry, they've been big supporters. And when I first started out in the, in the lending side, I was able to like, have the dinner conversations with them, like about work, you know, like what kid can sit at the dinner table and like talk shop with their parents. Cause usually, yeah. usually, I mean, you could talk about life, and whatever, but you're usually doing something different than what they're doing, whatever. Like my parents and I were in the same industry. Like we're, we're almost like co-workers in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So that's
0: neat. See, for me, that's cool. I, I like that.
1: Yeah, so they've definitely been big supporters, uh, Constant Dad actually is a big Tom Ferry coach, so he coaches a lot of real estate agents from around the country, and cool. he's really good at being a coach, having 40 years of experience, and, you know, having offices with hundreds of agents, so he coaches me, he's a mentor, but I also have another mentor who's a good family friend, um, uh, he, he works actually works at another loan office like a different lender and he still coaches me because we're just friends and stuff but he's been a big influence as well
0: that's cool man i was gonna say every, everybody needs to find that that one person that one motivates them and two keeps them interested keeps them motivated and and wanting to keep doing this yeah uh, and, because i mean you lose motivation like it happens like you you get down on yourself because things aren't going your way and you need that person there to kind of you know pick you up yeah. when, you, when you get yeah the keep doubt. you
1: accountable is kind of what you're describing like just to be able to know like you know when i call my 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 dad when we do our coaching sessions you know he calls me he's like you know how many how many loan applications do you get this week you know and it's like i'm anticipating him asking that question so when i'm during the week and i'm kind of getting a little slow i'm like hey have another cup of coffee and go knock this out because tomorrow dad's going to ask you how many applications you got and if you got nothing to say i'm going to walk with my like tail between my legs you know what i mean so you got to when you anticipate those yeah. calls, you gotta—you almost get inspired, like you said—to work a little bit harder and keep pushing through it. You know.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Uh, I, I agree with you hundred percent. My, my parents are the same way over there. It's always asking, you know, what are you up to? What are you doing? How's this going? Yeah. And when you when you have no answer, that's the worst answer. Yeah. Even even saying you know you know we we screwed this up or this, this fell through. That's not a bad answer. Telling them, oh, I didn't do anything today. Exactly. That's way worse. Yeah, 100%. That's way
1: worse. <laughs> 100%. Hey, trying and failing is totally fine, because if you learn something, it's all worth it, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so three fun questions that we like to do. We like to ask everybody three fun questions. So our, yours are going to be based around music, and we're going to
1: dive in right now.
0: So would you rather DJ a small party or a large venue, and why?
1: Uh, I've done plenty of both. And it depends how intimate it is. I mean, I played some bigger venues that were pretty intimate where the crowd was – let me rephrase that. It's more about, like, crowd energy. We played a, uh, a show in L.A. at Exchange L.A. in downtown, played for a couple thousand people. We ended up hiring a videographer and filmed a music video while we were DJing. because a lot. It was a great night. But that crowd was, like, just the energy was through the roof, man. Like, every song we were playing – like, when we play a song – you know, I'm up, I'm upstage, I'm kind of dancing, you know, like I'm getting the rhythm while I'm DJing. And when I see everyone else just like with crazy amounts of energy, it gets me more energy, which is me more excited, which means I start doing more of this and more of that. And it's just, it's just the energy flows back and forth. And that's a lot of fun. So small or large, it doesn't even matter. I'd play a small party if the energy's through the roof, because I've done some of those smaller ones too, where it was just like, small bar, small room, but everyone there was super into it. And I love that, you know, as long as people there are vibing that's all that matters
0: nice yeah I, i'd agree with that definitely i think the energy is super important um okay so your largest influence in the music industry
1: largest influence in the music industry would be uh a dj by the name of andy c he's a big drum and bass dj which is kind of the genre of music that we're into he's been djing for 25 plus years owns a record label and he is known for like the king of djing he's just like so good by himself on like a couple turntables like vinyl a lot and he just his energy as a dj is just like it, no one comes close to it it's just so next level and so my partner and i are all about that same high energy and that's like our goal like we always say like we're gonna we gotta match the andy c energy you know what i mean and so when we're going through go. before the sets kind of thinking about like okay what kind of good songs will work together here and there and i'm like it's almost like what would andy do kind of moment you know like would andy play that like yeah he'd play something <laughs> like that you know what i mean? <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. He's a big that, influence. That, that's super cool. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, and then last question of the fun ones. This is a tough one that a lot of people have always struggled with. Uh, would you rather be poor and be able to DJ anywhere you wanted and forever and or never have to worry about money again but only get to do mortgages?
1: Oh, man. I. Uh... <laughs> it's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like – Although mortgages for me is work, it's still rewarding in the sense that, you know, when I help people buy a house and, and they get to get their keys for the first time, especially the first time home buyers, and it's such an emotional process for everyone, like that still gives me a lot of uh, self worth and a lot of just good feelings in, inside of me. And so if I had to pick between being poor and get to DJ forever where I wanted it and, you know, money, not have to worry about money and be able to write mortgages for people, I think I'd pick writing mortgages for people. Although I'd lose what I love to do with music, I still would find some of that love in the back of being able to help people, you know? And then the, and then the, and the bonus to that is I'd have a lot, I wouldn't have to worry about money, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a monetary compensation for that, but I, I like that, that's, that's a good answer because it shows that you're in life for the right reasons, right? You're here to help people and you get pleasure out of helping other people. And, and that's something that I love too, is, is being able to give back, right? We're very fortunate to be able to get to do what we do on a day-in and day-out basis and, and to be able to give back to your community or to people who need it more than you do. Mm. To me, to me, that's what it's all about. Like, that's the only reason I do this, is, is to be able to to eventually be able to help other people to the point where, you know, it's an everyday thing. It becomes a part of everyday life to be able to help people and see that smile on somebody's face is more rewarding than anything.
1: Absolutely, absolutely man, 100%. I just closed a deal at the end of March. There's this uh, couple, they have a kid, first time, buying a house and i was able to help them with a down payment assistance program where they didn't have to come in with very much money and you know i get these nice handwritten thank yous and i get these pictures with them in front of the house and them their their son and it's just like you know troy thank you so much for all your hard work like we can't thank you enough in words like that stuff it just it hits a it hits a chord you know like it makes all of it worth it And, and and loans just like any job can be a headache sometimes and And sometimes I feel like I'm getting an ulcer in my stomach over alone because there's, you know, it's like the worst day ever. It's like, everything's falling apart, you know, but if you can, if you can get through it and and get through on the other side, like it's the best feeling ever, you know? Yeah. I
0: I agree with you a hundred percent, man. Uh, if if it's not challenging, it's not worth doing. Yeah. Uh, That's I'm with you on that. Um, all right. So last question, um, what advice can you offer to our listeners, to our subscribers, uh, as to what they can do to kind of break down those barriers of being able to brand themselves on social media and, and to just own their situation and, and to take charge.
1: I think the best piece of advice, at least that's helped me personally, is just wanting to keep learning from people who are better than you, you know, like um, Gary Vee, like just listen, listening to what people have to say, like, especially Gary, because he puts out a lot of stuff, but I'll even give you an example as someone I know personally, who's a guy who does, he does like social media marketing and he does these videos and he does these like, you know, tech Tuesday videos where he's standing out and he's talking in the video talking about social media tips and tricks and stuff like that. And that's what helped kind of push the mortgage Monday thing was like, I like this, like the, the style of what he's doing, his content. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to create a, a new this or a new that. Like you just got to put yourself out there. You know, at the end of the day, I'm a loan officer, but if people don't know I'm a loan officer, they're not going to call me, you know? And, and <clears throat> there's friends I had from high school. Like I thought I was pretty close friends with, and they bought a house recently and I didn't even know they bought a house. And I put, I saw a picture on Facebook. It was like, just bought our house. And I was like, I could have helped. Like, what, how come you didn't call me? You know? And it's not on them. It's on me. The responsibility falls on me to get out there and get myself in front of people. Because if you're not top of mind, they're not going to call, you know? And that's, uh, getting out on social media was awkward i still feel awkward sometimes but now i'm getting to a point where i'm just like just force it just get through it it's getting a lot easier where the first couple of videos took me 40 takes just to get a minute or two video now i'm like two three takes and i'm like oh that's good wrap it up you know it, it, you build the confidence and i again i'm not even where i want to be i'm still always growing but just keep learning i always want to keep learning i watch videos from other people who are better than me and learn like what are they doing? What's the editing style? Are they putting words? And what are they doing? How long are the videos? How When are they posting? You know, learning from people like Gary Vee and all that stuff. There's so much knowledge out there, but <clears throat> if you don't want to succeed at it, you won't read it, you know, but if you're really passionate about like becoming better and being humble and knowing that like, I'm not good at it yet, but I'm going to be that acceptance. You'll know like, okay, where can I learn information to be better? You know,
0: I like that. I like that a lot. If, if I'm not good at it now, I know that I'm going to be. Yeah, you that, just have that, to have, a the, good you you have, to have the
1: drive to want to be better. You know, there's uh, a good quote that's like, successful people do what unsuccessful people don't want to do. And that's, you know, don't wish that life was easier. Wish you were better, you know? Love that.
0: I love that, man. That's, we're going to we're gonna end it on that <laughs> note because I couldn't have said that any better. Uh, Troy, I appreciate the time. This has been so fun uh, getting to catch up with you and, and, and chat and pick your brain. Um, and you are welcome back anytime. When you switch companies, if you ever do leave <laughs> phone we're your first media outlet. you we're coming. To, you're good, a brother. press tour with us. Hopefully,
1: I won't have to, but you know, thank you. So Hopefully much. not. Thank but... you so much for having me, man. It's been it's been cool getting to talk to you, and, and uh, it's been nice being a little introspective too on some of these questions. So I, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, sounds good, and we'll talk soon. All right, brother, we'll get a we'll get a beer sometime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Love it. All right. All right, cool, man. So we'll we'll cut it at that.